Creating business isn't about doing hashtag all the things. It's about doing the right thing at the right time to create systems for success. Welcome to the Master the Sales Game podcast. Each week, I'll be sharing specific strategies, tactics, and practical know-how from myself and other successful business owners, helping you grow and scale your business. I'm your host, Susan McVeigh, helping you master the sales game and sell with more ease without the sleaze. I'm excited to have you here. Thanks for spending time with me today. Now, let's get started. Today's episode, we're talking all about pre-selling. So whether you're selling a product, a service, a program, a course, a membership, anything in your business, again, you're here because you're wanting to learn how to master sales. And the number one thing that kind of gets my goat is seeing brilliant, amazing business owners and entrepreneurs just like you wasting a lot of time creating something only to realize that nobody wants it, that you can't sell it, that nobody's going to pay for it. And you've spent all of this time and effort, poured your heart and soul into creating something amazing that someone out there does not want. Heartbreaking, right? And maybe you've been there too. So today's episode, we're going to break this down because it is by far one of the most asked questions that I ever get when I am starting to work with a client is, okay, how do I actually pre-sell something when I don't have anything created? And I'm going to show you in today's episode exactly what you need in order to successfully pre-sell no matter how big or small your community or audience might be today. So with that being said, Let's dive in because this is a juicy topic. And so if you right now are trying to decide between, you know, a membership or a course, I'm going to invite you to go and listen to last week's episode and go catch that up to speed because that might help you to identify if you need an idea of what it is that you're trying to sell. Today, I'm not talking about how to create the idea. I'm talking about you already know that you want to sell something. So how the heck do you pre-sell it before you've actually created it? Well, I'm going to give you some real life examples of what we see in the wild, so to speak, where this is happening in your day-to-day life. Now, what the heck do I mean? Well, anytime that you are doing a pre-sale for a book, You don't have the book yet, but the last few books that I have purchased have all been on pre-sale. I bought something sight unseen, right? I want you to think about even things like Kickstarter or crowdfunding. Sometimes these particular platforms allow us to uh, put our money where our mouth is and to say, I support you as a business owner that I believe in your vision, in the product, in the thing that you're trying to create. So mostly for products, 100%. But they do also work for services or for funding. So I just recently, at the time of this recording, just participated in a crowdsourced funding, like putting money into a company that is, by definition, still a small business. So over the last three years, they have generated $12 million in revenue. I'm giving you a shout out, Curl Mix, because they have done a spectacular job of inviting their community and people connected to their community to say, we want you to participate in the growth of our business. We see big things for our business and we want you to be part of that. And as a result, they have essentially pre-sold on 
the, the unrealized investment by being an investor in their business as a private investor. So just like you would buy shares on the stock market, when you are a private investor, you're buying shares into a company, into an organization. And they have done that through an organization called WeFund, W-E-F-U-N-D. So if any of that sparks some ideas for you, just wait, because we have not even gotten into the good stuff. I wanted to present you with some uh, real life examples of things that are happening. And side note, for our friends at Chromex, in one day of putting out the funding request, like saying, we want you to invest in our business, and then we will pay you out as we make more money. In one day, they were able to raise more than a million, I think it was close to $2 million in investor funding from folks just like you and me. And they're still going. They're still going. So shout out to you, uh, the Lewises over at Curlmix. I am just so over the moon with what you guys are doing. So I want to share with you in this episode, my book and method, my book and method. It's going to simplify things for you because you don't need a fancy sales page. You actually don't need a ton of technology. If you can make a social media post or write a Google doc or word doc, like something that is shareable to somebody, then you have everything that you need, including a, a payment link. So in the past I've used PayPal links like PayPal me. I know, not super fancy, but they did the trick and they've generated thousands, tens of thousands now in my business, simply as a result of sharing this information and using the same strategy and the framework that I'm going to share with you. So what the heck is the bookend method? Well, the bookend method, you know, when you're on, like you're, you're trying to put books on your, on your uh, bookshelf. And you put a bookend, right? Like, so a bookend, if you're not familiar, is simply a tool. It's a structure that sits at the end of your books on either end. And it's like an L and a backwards L, but some of them are quite fancy. And they essentially stop your books from tipping over, right? Because that's super annoying. If you're a bookworm like me and you have a lot of books and they may or may not fit the, fit the bookshelf, or maybe you're putting some beautiful tchotchkes at the end to have your books constantly tip over, you need a bookend. So a bookend goes on either end of the row of books. So the information in the middle. Okay. So the bookend method is really, now that you understand what a bookend is, is really the same structure. It is the front and the end, and then we work through the middle, right? Because that's where the books are. Now, what the heck are you actually selling? Well, you're selling the transformation. That's why I want you to focus on the bookends, because if you know where your ideal clients are starting from, that's one end of your bookend. And where they want to get to through your offer, that's the other end of the bookend. Too often, what ends up happening is that we're spending so much time in the messy middle, like creating all of the lesson plans and all the worksheets and worrying about all the videos in the middle, like all the books that sometimes that's not really what people are actually buying. They're actually buying the end bookend, the result, the transformation, the outcome, the deliverable. What am I going to get as a result of spending the time, the effort, the energy, and the money? If you are really clear on where you need to start, like where are you friend? Where is your ideal client when they start thinking, oh my gosh, I need what you have to offer. And where do you want them to be at the end of working with you, of 
going through your course of doing your membership, where does that end transformation lie? When you are able to explain how they're going to look, feel, be, do, or have, then you, my friend, have the beginnings of an amazing way to pre-sell. Because too often what we end up doing is that we oversell with a ton of information that really isn't as relevant as we think it is for our ideal clients. Now, don't get me wrong, the messy middle, like the, the, the part in the middle of your bookends is still important, right? That's the books. That's the content. That's what your bookends are actually holding up. So you need to have a structure of what you're walking people through. But to be honest, you actually don't need as much detail or information as you think. Again, what I want you to think about is if we look at the bookend method, where bookend number one, where you start, is where your ideal clients are. And bookend number two, which is the end, is where your clients are going to be finished with you. Each one of those books in the middle is a chapter or a module or a milestone of what they need to accomplish in order to get to the end. So if you think about it from the structure of the bookend, right, the bookend method that from one end of the bookend to get to the other end of the bookend, you get to determine how many books are in the bookcase, like between those two bookends, right? Is it five is it seven? Is it 12? Now, generally speaking, I'm going to recommend that you don't go more than seven. Seven tends to be uh, like on the high side. So if you can keep it anywhere between three and seven with a sweet spot around the five, you're going to be golden because the human brain really just can't hold a ton of information. Now, again, this is going to be dependent upon what it is that you teach, who it is that you help, and what it is that they're going to learn from you. But at the end of the day, you don't want to overwhelm people with so much information that it becomes a detriment for them to actually walk through that bookend process with you, right? The bookend method is the bookend because it's to hold up the structure of what it is that you're trying to teach. So remember that in order to go from point A, the first book, the bookend to the last bookend, you really just want to give enough information about what it is that each book needs to hold in order to create the transformation at the end of this journey. And that's the whole bookend method. Now, if we go a layer deeper, because I'm sure you got questions and you're thinking, well, surely it can't be that easy. Eh, it actually is because if you were to sit down and now document this in a social media post or in a Word document, right? So a Google Doc or a Word document where you literally now answer the questions that I just asked you. Where are they starting from? Where do they end? And what are the milestones that they need to accomplish in order to get from start to finish, to get that, that transformation that you're promising them inside of your offer? That is very, very specific. If you were to literally now write that out and flesh that out a little bit more, but essentially, that's your outline, that's the promise, and you share who this is for with a price and a way for people to pay, and you send that out to folks who you think would be a good fit, they're going to speak with their dollars. If they don't buy something, here's what you can do. You can go and ask for feedback. Number one, are they your ideal clients? Number two, was the transformation clear? Number three, was there something missing that they wanted to see inside of the outline, right? So those books inside of your book and method, was there something missing that they felt they needed, that they wanted to have included? 
that it didn't include and it made them not want to buy. So, and then the last piece is about the price, right? Was there anything around the pricing? Did they understand the value? Were there questions around that? Any hesitations that, that made them go, I'm not getting what I want for the value and the price that I want to pay. When you have all of that information, so you're going to go back and survey them, right? But here's what I want you to know, because if you survey people too early on, what is it that you want me to create and yada, 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 as uh, Ford once said, if I had gone and asked people what they actually wanted, they would have said a faster horse instead of the car. And God knows where we would be now if, we, if he, this man had listened to the market at the time because they didn't have an idea of what it was that they actually needed that would solve that problem. Now, your market could be in a similar place, right? Where they don't know what they don't know. And if they don't, you saying something to survey them, you're, you might get some wrong information or very confusing information. And so sometimes it's better to give them something to sink their teeth into, knowing that they are your ideal clients, that they are where you want them to be in terms of the starting point, right? Your first bookend. And that if you have an idea that they want to get to the end bookend, the transformation and the result that you promise, that they're going to give you a lot more feedback, knowing that they have something to compare or to have perspective on. So once you have this, then you now have real live feedback that you can use to adjust and to reflect and to make changes on your wording or the components inside your bookend, right? So the bookend method. Do you need to adjust where they're starting from, where they're ending to, or the stuff in the middle? Is any of that unclear? Because if they're not doing their job properly, and remember the main job of you is to communicate where are you now and where do you wanna be? So your two bookends are the most critical. The stuff in the middle, I'm gonna tell you that a lot of times if you have nailed the start and the end, the stuff in the middle is not as crucial. It's not. It becomes more important the more that you're talking to people who either don't know you or who are veering further and further away from your ideal clients and where they are starting from in your ideal starting point for your first bookend. But if you match your bookend method to your people, it's going to make it a lot easier for you to engage with them in a way that you're going to get the exact information that you need. And as a result, once you have that and you have the confidence in knowing, because Hopefully, in you doing this, my goal for you is that you're going to get some yeses. You're going to get people actually saying, can I buy this? Because when you have done that, my friend, it means that you have essentially done everything that you need in order to pre-sell. And when you have done that, selling now becomes a heck of a lot easier because you know somebody has said yes. It shifts something inside of you to have that confidence and that knowing that what you are doing and what you are creating is needed. It is wanted and it is valued in your market. And when you are able to shift that perspective, you are now going to be able to plant the seed. And so being like a good farmer, you're going to start planting seeds because maybe you do want to have a full sales page. You don't have to. I've sold, again, I've sold thousands upon thousands of dollars doing just this, like literally having a link with a checkout um, from a Google Doc or a social media post or even a direct message with all the information so that somebody could read it over. And that's it. But if you feel like, you know what? 
I've gotten such good traction, which chances are you might, which would be amazing, right? That then you are going, oh my gosh, now I'm going to, I'm going to make this a big thing. Like I really, I'm going to go all in. And so you have already started to create that interest. You've already started to see people are wanting it. So if you are starting to create a landing page or a waitlist page or something where you're sharing a little bit more information, maybe you're going live on videos and you're starting to now seed your market. So just like a farmer plants a whole bunch of seeds, you're going to go out and start talking about this offer because you now have very good understanding and clarity to be able to communicate this because the book and method gives you that. It allows you to know that even if some of the content, right, you may swap out a book here or there, that's your prerogative because you are the expert, but you know that where people are starting and where they want to get to, so your two bookends are unchanged, right? For the most part, once you've gotten your initial feedback, once you have surveyed the people that you've sent this out to, once you've gotten actual dollars to vote. And if you haven't, again, the market is speaking. The market is saying, this isn't very clear or this isn't something that I want. So you either need to adjust the offer and, and what you have created inside of your book and method, or you're sending it to the wrong people. So either way, it's going to give you information that you need so that you can make some changes and you can see better results with the next set of activities that you're going to do. So this is a, my, proprietary frame, my proprietary framework <laughs> for how I want you to create and pre-sell items that you are putting out in the market. You've now heard me talk about some examples. You've heard me share about the fact that this is something that I actively still do in my business today. In fact, I just did that with um, an offer right before the end of the year of 2020. And it still works like gangbusters. So every time that I get an idea, I've done it now for another offer um, that is related to Clubhouse, uh, my Clubhouse sales strategy uh, course that is coming out. And so I just want you to know that you can do this and you don't need to have a huge amount of people. If you get people that have put up their hand, you've already validated your idea. And so now it's just a matter of being very clear on, again, being able to communicate where are my ideal clients, where are they starting from, and where do they want to go, and how can I help them get there as fast and as easily as possible, and what books need to be in the bookends so that I can allow them to get that transformation as easily as possible, and simply communicate that in a way that makes sense for them, and it makes sense for you. And the more you can do this, the more that you can talk about it and start to seed that out and start to get surveyed results in terms of information to make adjustments, the easier it will be for you to continue to create things that you're excited about because you know already that people want it. There's a shift again in how you come across when you know that the things that you're selling, somebody has already put up their hand. Somebody has already said, I wanna pay you for this. Take my money. It's a very different way for you to show up. And it's a very different energy with how you sell. It means that you never actually have to feel like you're selling because you know that people want it. When you get trapped by, oh, I don't know if people are going to get results and I don't know if they want it. I don't know. This I don't know cycle happens because you forget the bookend method. It's because you're so trapped in creating before somebody actually has said, I want it, that 
by the time you put all of that effort together and then you go to market and sell, well, we flipped the 80-20 equation, right? You've spent 80% of your time creating something without validating or proving that your market actually wants it when I want you to do it the other way around. As an expert, you are fabulous at what you do. And as a result, you could create until the cows come home. What I want you to do is focus more on selling and marketing the things that you have to offer because that's where the genius lies. That's where the transformation happens. That's where people get to find out about how you can help them. And so I need you to flip the script on this and to know that your creation can happen very quickly because it's your zone of genius. You don't need to toil away at creating something and making it perfect. You're going to do just as well if you know, if not better, if you know that somebody has said yes. And that's what I wanted to encourage you to do today in giving you the steps on how to pre-sell any offer that you have available to put out there, no matter what the price point is, no matter what the structure is, no matter what the format is, and no matter who you sell to. Most people are going around without an understanding of what it is that they're struggling with. Now there's different levels of awareness and I might cover this in a future episode. So just let me know if this would be something that would be of interest to you. You can just go ahead and, and send me a message over on Instagram at Susan McVeigh. But what I find is that we are trying to create so much, almost like a disconnection between where our business is and where our customers are, either because of the use of different systems and tools or even people, right? People on your, on your teams that we are so focused on simplification in a different way, right? We want the, those systems, the tools, the processes and automation, which I know, you know, that's kind of a, a big buzzword, especially in the online space that I mostly work in. But I'm going to say that, my P2P method, which is, I'm going to be talking about that more and more often on upcoming episodes, that P2P is really about person to person. And it doesn't even matter if you're dealing with an e-commerce built business, right? Most of my clients are not in the product space, not in the e-commerce space, although I do have clients that do operate e-commerce and do have products as part of their entire business suite. But at the end of the day, there's a real life human being, a real life person with a beating heart, emotions and thoughts, beliefs that is sitting on the other side of the interaction and the transaction they're, they're about to embark on. And when we realize this, when we really just truly keep that at the forefront of our minds, and you really understand that the whole premise of what I'm trying to teach through all of the episodes that I do here is about how do you maintain that personal connection? How do you stick with that person as a, another person? Because you may be the face of your brand, your company may have multi layers or multiple team members, so regardless of the size, most of the time we're buying from another human being, another person, right? So we are all making a P2P connection, which is why I call it the P2P connection method, because that's the foundational piece, but it's also the growth piece, the scaling piece, the more that you can empower your team to ensure that there is a personal connection, that they don't forget about the person and the human being on the other side of the phone, of the computer, 
of the screens, of the social media, whatever you're using in order to really connect deeply with your audience and ultimately the people that will buy from you. It really is about that real life human heartbeat that is having hopes and dreams and fears, anxieties and worries, all of those things that hopefully you address or can help with your products and services. So with that being said, right, I kind of wanted to set the stage for why we're talking about this particular thing, because you may, as soon as you hear it go, well, that's so simple. And I'm going to tell you most of the things that I teach, they are simple, they're designed to give you ease, but are they easy to to implement consistently? I'm going to say no, uh, because it's easy to get It's really, really easy to get swayed by fancy things, to make things way more complicated than they need to be, to have to work harder than you ought to simply because it helps you to justify your prices. It helps you to justify how you're doing in your business. It helps you to justify having other team members working with you alongside or below you, depending on how your organizational chart is structured. And so as a result, a lot of the clients that I work with are addicted to work, are addicted to the doing as opposed to the the being of being that creative visionary and truly stepping into your CEO role, CEO role as the leader of your business, even if it's just you right now. Okay, so what every customer really wants from your business, from any business, is the ability to be seen, heard, and ultimately to be understood. When you have understanding with your customer base, it allows you to have a higher level of relationship and a higher level of goodwill. Now, I think I might have talked about goodwill on a previous episode. For larger companies, especially public companies, there you will notice, so if you go onto any financial statement for a larger company like Disney, Coca-Cola, um, IBM, like you find one chances are you're going to see a line item on their financial statement saying goodwill. Goodwill is the equivalent of reputation in the marketplace. And that means that there's a certain level of knowingness. There's a certain level of how that brand is um, perceived by the market that adds value to the bottom line of that company. It now becomes part of their their assets, right? There's a valuation attached to it. For me, I... 100% believe that the more that we understand our customers, the more our goodwill becomes a higher value. Because if you have a brand that really doesn't understand its customers, do you have a really good brand reputation? Probably not. And we've seen time and time again, where companies completely go sideways, or they take a big hit in the media, where perhaps they're having to make a payment, or they're being taken to court, there's a lawsuit, there are social media fights, right? These Twitter fights where companies simply are not engaging with their customers in an appropriate fashion for the interaction. And that usually comes down to a miscommunication. It usually comes down to being misunderstood, right? And so when we look at the flip side, where if your customers, if your clients, if your audience and the people that you want to serve truly feel like you see them, 
that you hear them. And more importantly, that you take it a step further and you are going above and beyond to try and understand them, then your products and services will do the most appropriate job for what it is that they're looking for. Because if they feel understood, guess what ends up happening? Then they know that you have their best interests at heart. They know that you are going to look out for them. They know that when you make a recommendation that you truly care for them because you know what it is that they're going through. And that means that that relationship suddenly has become much more important than just a business and and another business or even another consumer. That's where, again, this P2P connection method really comes to life, right? Can you see, can you see the understanding or, or uh, really be able to see like how valuable this is, that this is something that we often skip over, or we just underestimate how important it is to the customer success path, to your customer journey, to your sales process, and how your marketing, your sales, and your customer service actually are all integrated. I also like to include your operations in that because I'm going to say if the processes that you have, if the flow of operations does not support what your customers are expecting, if it doesn't allow them to continue to feel like, wow, I feel like I'm the most important thing to your business. And then the experience kind of goes sideways because the way that your systems, the way that your tools, the way that your technology simply does not allow them to feel like they're being understood, then we can drop the ball, right? And so I'm going to give you an example. And this is an area where we have just recently started to put some of these measures in place. And it's not perfect across the board, but it definitely is a move in the right direction. And I'm using this as food for thought for you to be able to identify where could you do a better job of really taking the time to understand your customers, taking the time to spend with your audience to ensure that wherever they are, that if they are the people that you want to serve, right, and make that connection to, that you have the ability to really understand what their needs are. So just recently, probably about a year, maybe a year and a half now, we started implementing uh, closed captioning on all of our uh, video and audio files uh, for our various programs. Now, again, we're, we've been slowly working through some of the backlog, but all of our new content moving forward is being transcribed. Now, I will add the tool that I'm using with a link below it so you can go and check it out because I love it. It's amazing. You can upload your videos. You can upload your audios. It will give you a transcription that gives you automatic closed captioning so that if your audience cannot hear, it, it, it makes it more accessible, right? And I'm going to tell you that although video is extremely popular, more and more people are actually watching video in closed places where it doesn't make sense for them to have the volume on. And so they actually, although they're watching the video, they're watching the words across the page as opposed to hearing them. And for folks who are hearing impaired, I mean, in the past, our videos were not accessible. And that meant that it made it very difficult, if not impossible, for them to participate in some of our self-study courses and programs. And so that's just one example of us taking a look at what some of the feedback that I was seeing in the market from folks that were asking for various ways to be able to have access to the information in order to be able to, to move forward. Now, I mean, on this podcast, chances are you are listening to us, right, as opposed to watching, but we have all of our podcast episodes 
are all on video as well for the express purpose of being able to add that onto our YouTube channel at some point. And again, that has the option to have the closed captioning right on there because again, it makes it accessible. So this is just one example. I want you to just think about how are you allowing your customers to feel seen, heard, but most importantly, to feel like they're understood? Do you have a feedback a form, right? Do you have a way to capture feedback when you're dealing with your paying customers? Do you ask for uh, testimonials? Do you ask for reviews and ratings? If you're on Amazon, right? Who hasn't bought something off of Amazon recently? Do you notice when there are merchants that send you an email to say, hey, we would love for you to rate and review because it really helps them as a, as a merchant, as a business, But ultimately, what they're also looking for is they want your feedback, right? This is all about seeking to understand. Because if you understand the customers and where your products or services are falling a little bit flat, instead of taking it personally and thinking, oh my gosh, they hate me. They hate my services. They hate my products. It's not working. I always look at it as an opportunity for you to say thank you. Like, thank you for taking the time. Because having been in corporate finance for such a long time, I can't tell you how many customers never said a word, never gave us any feedback, never said anything negatively, but they walked out the door anyways. And they never give us an opportunity to improve the process, to improve the interaction and to improve the experience for them. So we lost a lot of business. And so I and my teams, we would proactively go out and ask our clients for feedback, even before any formal surveys that would be done by the organization, because we wanted to take charge in our own hands to be able to understand what is our community and the people that are coming in and speaking to us day to day? What do they want from us? How can we improve? How can we make this more personal? And that's really where this whole P2P connection method was birthed. It was way back in court. So this is something that I have really just dived into, dove into, I don't even know how to say that word right now, (laughs) Uh, over the course of, of years, if not decades. And to be honest, I had forgotten about it when I started my small business. I started it and then I got overwhelmed with a lot of business volume and I, I walked away from it. And now as I really am incorporating more of the best practices that worked well for me, not only in corporate, but when I first started my business and got to such a quick start, you know, six figures in six months of revenue, pretty much from the time that I started with my first paying client. All all of that, a lot of the the basic principles and foundations were built off of the the very things that I learned in corporate finance, in non-traditional sales and sales leadership, but also that I learned while growing up with my parents as business owners and um, as entrepreneurs in their own right. And so I just wanted to share with you today, because I think sometimes we overlook and we get so caught up in the digital marketing, the fancy funnels, the emails, the social media, the all, like all the things, right? Hashtag all the things. And yes, those things are still important for your business. So I'm not saying throw it all out. I'm saying that I want you to evaluate what you're doing through the lens of this opportunity, through the lens of making a deeper connection with your potential clients, through the lens of really seeking to understand. So as Stephen Covey says, right? Seek first to understand, 
then to be understood. And I think sometimes we get so busy and wrapped up as business owners, we have things that we want to get done, that we have our own agenda of, we need to make it so that the person can make the sale. And we forget, what else do they need to know about themselves or about us in order to feel like they've been seen, heard and understood to the point where they feel like they could make the sale, they feel like they could make the purchase, they feel like it's okay for them to click the button and enter in their payment details or to book their appointment with you or to come and see you in your store or in your uh, private practice, whatever the case may be, right? And so I just want you to know that I hope this is just like a little bit of permission for you to not get so worried or wrapped up in all of the fancy bells and whistles of the technology and the systems and the tools. And I say this as a systems and a process like nerd. I love those things too. But I think sometimes we move so far away from our customers and the interaction and the relationship that allows them to feel seen, heard, and understood that we neglect to do that. And we think that by simply adding in another funnel, by adding in another marketing campaign, by adding in another ad campaign, that that's going to fix the problem of lagging sales when really and truly, perhaps all you need to do is reach out to your customers, reach out to your past customers or your potential customers, and just ask them, tell me a little bit more about your experience in doing business with us. Can you help me to understand where you may have found things getting a little bit more challenging for you to walk through the process. Did you have some technical difficulties? Did it work exactly as you were hoping for it to work? You know, did you get what you were expecting when you purchased the product or the service or the program? Did it meet your expectations? Did you find that it was difficult to you? So really just, I want to encourage you to, to get feedback from a learning perspective, from the opportunity to just continue to understand your customers as best as you can so that you can serve them better. And as a result, I know that your business is going to continue to grow, that you're going to make more sales effortlessly without really having to push an agenda or really have to sell and sell and sell because the way that you're gonna do this is through connection through focusing on the people that you're here to serve and understanding that there is tons of opportunity all around you if we would just allow people, your people, to truly be seen, heard, and understood. Okay, so I hope this episode was helpful for you. If you would come along with the journey with me and you would like to have my help and support, I'm gonna invite you to come and join me inside of my inner circle over at salesmasterysociety.com. And I would love to see you over there uh, because I think it's hard doing this by yourself, right? And this is something that I'm gonna be focusing on more with my clients, especially inside of Sales Mastery Society, because I think we make things too complicated. And if you'd like to come along for the journey, I would love to see you over there. Again, you can go to salesmasterysociety.com. The link will be in the show notes for you below, and we will see you again over on the next episode. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. Be sure to let me know what you think by leaving a review so I know how best to serve you. If you're enjoying this show, don't forget to share and hit subscribe so you know when the next show is up. See you next time. Thank you.